Hey, what is going on, everyone? It's me, Mr. Mario, and welcome to another episode of Mario's Minute. This is a monthly podcast I do here on the channel as well as on most podcast platforms and such. Uh, so this should be available on pretty much everything. There's a few that it's missing on if you want the audio-only version. That's available on most favorite podcasting apps and such. And we are on Spotify. But it's one of the two podcasts that I do every month. This is kind of just a personal podcast I do. The other one I do, which is a podcast live stream type thing, is Mod Chat with my co-host and friend Devin or Paranoid Coder. Sometimes I have guests on this one, sometimes I don't, but this is kind of just talking about, well, whatever the hell I want to. So if you kind of want to get a personal conversation look at, you know, the channel and everything, uh, hopefully sit back, relax, and enjoy this. Uh, if you're watching this on YouTube, there's not too much to look at here, but if you're listening to this elsewhere, Hopefully you enjoy it. Either way, seems like we have a guest this time, so uh, who the hell do I have with me? Hey, uh, I'm James. Hi, thanks for having me on the show, man. <laughs> oh, no problem, no problem. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is actually uh, one fun fact for everyone. So James and I, we've been friends for about a year now. We've been like texting back and forth and everything, and tonight was the first time we actually talked voice to voice. <laughs> It's so weird. He calls me and I'm like, whoa, it's not a video. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. But yeah, it's finally good to chat, man. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So at least I know you. I know what you do and everything. But for anybody who has no idea who the hell you are, aside from the guy who might be blowing out their eardrums, uh, who are <laughs> you and what do you do? That is a good question. I don't even know who I am. <laughs> it's no. all good. I have um, that problem too. <laughs> Sorry. I'm like hyped up on coffee right now. Uh, so yeah, I'm James. Hi. Um, I do a uh, couple of YouTube videos here and there whenever I get the chance to. And then uh, I also co-administrate and coordinate the global communities for a little game series called Shenmue. Perfect. Yeah. And I know with that, we didn't... We didn't get acquainted through Shinmu. I, I know specifically, like, I had seen your name float around a ton in regards to it, especially, like, when Shinmu 3 was announced. Uh, but I remember the way we got in contact was uh, I had... <sighs> which video was it? I had the video showing how to soft mod a PS2, so to speak. And I remember, I think, like, you reached out to me on Twitter because I, I knew who you were, but I didn't follow you or anything. But you kind of reached out to me. You're just like, hey, dude, I kind of worked a ton on this and finally got it working after headaches, but you can actually do the same thing with an SD card. And I kind of looked at it oh. and said, oh, that's pretty dope. And then I think we started following each other, like, shortly after that. But I know that that's how we at least officially started talking. Yeah, that was, a, that was a fun mod to do. I was pretty much cruising around, just, like, filling that console modding itch, right? Yeah. And I came across this guy's video where he's like, hey, I'm going to try to make a solid-state version of this mod. And uh, he did, so he, like, listed a lot of this stuff, like, to use. And I kind of just threw it together. I don't use it anymore, though, but it was, like, pretty sweet for the for the time being. But the file system kept corrupting on me for some reason. And uh, Win WinHip didn't seem to like it too much, that program you use to, like, you know, uh, kind of format and manage the games on the hard drive. Sure. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, yeah, that, yeah, I reached out to you because I, I kept seeing your videos on, like, console modding and stuff. And I was like, yo, dude, 
I, I, I know I'm just like some guy, but I, I, I thought you'd think this was cool. <laughs> and I did. I did. I appreciated it. And I was like, oh, I yeah, kind of know this guy. He does some cool shit as well. Because I, I think I subscribed to you like shortly after that. But mm. uh, yeah, no, that's kind of how we got acquainted. And also, I, I kind of use that as a lesson of like, hey, sometimes reach out to people. Because like, just because someone might be a big intimidating YouTuber doesn't mean they're not going to give you the time of day. Because mm-hmm. I, I don't think of myself as big. I'm just like, oh. I guess some people follow me. Cool. I think. I don't know. Go away. This is too much responsibility. Sometimes it's too much responsibility, but then I just kind of deal with it. Deal with the anguish. <laughs> nah, man. Your channel's cool, bro. Like you, you do some really awesome technical content. It, it like when when I um when I was looking for like YouTube stuff to like fulfill that need to just watch mods or people doing mods. I was like, yo, this guy, this guy right here. He's he's good. He's good boy. He's good boy. <laughs> <laughs> Jeebus, well, thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah, no problem, man. Yeah, I, I was going to say, James is also one of the people who, uh, you were the, one of the first, I guess, like, beta testers, so to speak, of um, uh, of Mario's Minute here. Because I remember when I was kind of thinking of doing this and kicking it around in my head, it was like you and uh, Jason, otherwise known as Escort, do, and, like, a small handful of other people who I got to review the very first, like, episode zero I did, and you all gave me some good feedback on that, so, mm-hmm. yeah, th- this also kind of kept going, I-, I guess, kind of started, um, partially because of you, so thank you for that. Yeah, no problem, man. You just, like, were like, hey, I want to do this new podcast thingamajig, and I was like, yo, let me hear it, man! And then I did. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it was pretty good, and um, you know, so far the the Mario minutes that you've been doing have been pretty pretty awesome, dude. Like, it's it's pretty cool. Well, thank you, thank you. I, yeah, I yeah. appreciate that. Yeah, mm-hmm. th- there are before we get into any other things, wherever it might be, uh, there were a couple things I wanted to talk about here. Um, first of all, this is one thing I was going to mention, uh, just kind of, uh, mainly YouTube specific on here, uh, but the channel here now has membership, so I thought, just in case anybody wants to, and again, this is, I, I, I'm, I'm of the belief, hey, I am, like, the last person you need to give money to, but some people want to donate money, whether it be in a stream or what have you, there's other ways you can support me without paying money directly to me, but... Uh, essentially, if you are on my channel, you can now, I guess, not subscribe, but join it as a member for five bucks or so, it seems, and you end up getting, like, some lily emojis and such that I end up putting up on there whenever you're in a live stream, so if anybody's interested in that, that is available on the channel, just go there, and mainly, I think it doesn't work directly on iOS, but on Android and on desktops, it seems to be fine. Uh, the other thing I wanted to talk about was, James, I'll actually ask you about this before I get into it, but sure. in the previous episode of Mario's Minute, do you uh, do you recall, well, first of all, did you listen to it? Uh, yes, but I listened to it on my commute, all and good. I was also working while listening to it, so I may have missed a couple things. All good, all good. No, and that's actually how I handle podcasts. I turn my brain power there to like 40 percent or so um (laughs) but there was a section and for anybody who missed the last one it's all good but uh there was a section on there where i decided to tell three stories of people who are kind of trying to coerce services out of me for like you know free rgh or xbox related services uh (laughs) there was one person i had mentioned who i said you know they had emailed me and they were saying oh you know you're you're the only person i can trust with this can you do this (laughs) (laughs) 
Sorry, that just sounds so like, hey man, like, I only trust you and like, I really need to, you know, oh my god, that's like fidgety. Yeah, yeah, and then, I. Uh, long story short, they were saying they had only trusted me and if they could send me the console and they can just, um, and I can make a video over it and send it back. And I'm just kind of like, no, 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 I, I'm not, do like, first of all, I don't do that service for random people, but second... I see you kind of low-key trying to get a free service here. And also, I, I'm just a random person online. You have no other reason to trust me. So I responded back. I said, hey, these are the two services I, I recommend here. Shout out to Gardendale Garage and Mod Shop. Uh, the other thing, then they came back. They said, hey, can you still do this video? It's like I had already done the videos that brought them there that they were asking me to do. It was going to be redundant. So... I, I kept it all anonymous, you know, I didn't use names or anything, but I had mentioned that kind of just as a story to tell on there. Uh, well, that guy ended up reaching out to me. <laughs> and, oh, uh, boy. <laughs> yeah, well, you, you know, that, that was my reaction, because what happened was one day, like a few days after the, the episode went live, uh, I opened up my Instagram, and I see a comment, and I look, and it's this really long comment. I'm like, okay, who did I, like... Who did I piss off now? This isn't the first time this happened, but all right. Um, but what ended up happening was it was this person. And they replied and said, okay, so I know I don't want to bother you. And I am fine with putting myself out there. I'm not going to say their name on here, but they say, I go by my name online. Just watched the Mario's Minute. Been a fan since the PS3 exploit video. I am the guy that contacted you through email. I know you may think of this as bullshit, but it isn't. I am sorry I contacted you via email for the RGH. I didn't mean to ego stroke or anything like that. Sorry you took it that way. I also didn't mean I trust you personally. I meant as your work I trusted from the soldering skills you had presented. This message here I hope serves as an apology for the email. Thank you and I look forward to watching more of your videos. I just want to say to that dude, hey, first of all, like I didn't need the apology, but, but thank you so much for that. Uh, I've seen him active a lot more, so that kind of, you know, reinforces... It's always interesting to see that I think with any content creator, there's a really big... There's a really big silent fan base. And it's cool when people will come out of the woodworks like that, and then you see them actually, you know, contact you. They'll be aware of things that are going on. They'll show that they've been watching for a while because, I don't know, let's say you revisit something that you touched upon two years ago and somebody you've never seen before says, hey, I remember that from a while ago. Um, so that was actually really valued. But again, you know, dude, you didn't have to do that. <laughs> I'm sorry if I kind of put you on blast there a little bit. And you could have just, you could have easily laid into me, yelled at me, whatever it was on there. But this dude came out publicly in a comments there. He had said this. I just wanted to say, you know, a shout out to him for doing that. Um, <laughs> and I just, I I'm laughing because it was something that I did not expect. But I have to say also when I was reading it, I was just like, oh, I appreciate this, but I'm sure, like, because that was, that was, like, 45 minutes in the episode, so I'm like, imagine you're listening to, like, a one-hour podcast, and you're getting, like, 45 minutes in, and you're enjoying it, and then some dude starts bad-mouthing you on there, and you know it's you. Like, I'm sure I would be flustered, my ears would probably be hot, like, I would, ugh, I, I felt bad, because I'm like, I'm sure that was a really uncomfortable listen for him. <laughs> Yeah, and, like, I mean, that's cool of him to, like, come out and, like, you know, like, kind of 
state what he was trying to say like because a lot of people would like get all mad and run away from it but he came out and was like hey i'm sorry pretty much which yeah. is pretty cool yeah absolutely it's a lot mm-hmm. harder to apologize for something versus you know just slinging shit back or ignoring it exactly exactly yeah yeah, yeah. so right now we are uh we're officially filming this i, I guess because this is going to release on the 28th but we're recording this a couple days exactly a couple days earlier on the 26th which is uh i guess happy cyber monday to you james oh thank you you too man <laughs> did you get anything on cyber monday no i got absolutely nothing yeah, I just, I didn't get anything either. I'm, I'm waiting for payday, man. <laughs> I understand. No, I, I totally get that. It is like November, December expensive months for me because, you know, deals and then I'm buying shit for other people. So mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. But I was going to ask, you know, uh, but the, the the real holiday that happened recently was Thanksgiving, at least here in the US. Um, but I was kind of going to lump, you know, Thanksgiving, Black Friday deal stuff together. Uh, I guess, how's your experience been? And has there been anything that you uh, nabbed that was pretty dope? Uh, actually, no, I wound up not really getting anything. I'm, I'm a boring guy. I sometimes just don't even bother going out like shopping or anything. Um, I did like meet up with some friends, though. And I wanted to get um, GameStop was selling the God of War special edition for like 60 bucks. Oh, that's not so bad. that was yeah, that was pretty cool. And then they did like the buy two use games, get one free. So I, I almost splurged on that, but I decided not to because uh, I kind of want to save up to get a switch. Mm-hmm. So uh, I'm kind of putting my money towards that. So I didn't really get anything on Black Friday. I kind of just met up with my friends as a group just to hang out while they shopped around. Right on, right on. Uh, yeah, yep. I know at least for me in terms of deals and all, I mean, for, for Thanksgiving itself, first of all, it was more just like my family came to visit, uh, girlfriend as well too, and the dog was hanging out, and we had a smoked turkey for the first time, which was pretty damn good. Nice. It, it wasn't like the regular turkey where, you know, you have like a traditional turkey and you eat it, and then after like five bites, you're like, oh, turkey's okay. Uh, you know, do, do, do you get that feeling or not? Yeah, dude, like, I love turkey, especially when you mix it with a little bit of gravy. Oh, but you then, love like, it, okay. <laughs> you get to the point where, like, you eat so much of it, and then you're like, wait a second, I hate this, because now I feel like crap. Yeah, I, <laughs> But I th- it's so good. <laughs> I, I think um, I saw a tweet, and I'm going to paraphrase it, and it explained it so well. It was just like, it only takes 364 days, a week of planning, and eight hours of cooking for everyone to remember suddenly that turkey's kind of shitty. <laughs> That's such a good way to put it. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a second, I forgot. This sucks. <laughs> That's how I like to imagine everyone. It's like everybody's just sitting at the table enjoying their time, and they all just suddenly have like this amazing revelation. They're like, Wait a minute! <laughs> what are we doing? <laughs> Thankfully, that didn't happen because this time around, we had, as I said, it was a smoked turkey. And that thing was delicious. It was juicy. It was awesome. And I ended up using all of it. Like, you know, I I, I ate it a few times. The family ate it a few times. Mm-hmm. Uh, I split some, gave it to some people who were leaving as well. And then the rest of the turkey I had, just yesterday, I ended up reusing it into meal prep stuff. So this will be the first time I actually use up all the usable bits of a turkey nice dude do you like to cook uh okay i I guess i'll say yes but when i (laughs) i've had this conversation with people so many times when people ask about cooking i think of like being a chef and for me 
my form of cooking is look up something online, find recipe, copy paste instructions into real life. <laughs> copy paste instructions into real life. It's like, oh, okay, open up this can and put it in here and mix with other stuff. Okay, cool. I'll just copy paste that. So I, I guess that to, to me, if, if if that's what's going to be counted as cooking, sure, I enjoy it. It's actually it's actually pretty therapeutic. Yeah, definitely. I, I like to make ramen. That's really the only thing I cook. But it's to the point where, like, I understand the ingredients well enough to make the broth the way I want to. But uh, anything else, I'm I'm lost. <laughs> I'm just like, well, yeah, uh, okay. <laughs> so, so you're a master of ramen is what you're saying. And I'm sure it's, like, legitimate ramen, like a good broth. And then you have, you know, like, egg and whatever else you want, like your vegetables and all that chopped in there. Yeah, I usually do. I mean, I wouldn't say I'm a master, but I... Um, but you're not been... doing... You're, you're upgraded from college ramen. Oh, dude. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, I usually make a uh, shoyu charisu ramen, which is a uh, Japanese style with, like, pork. And uh, I usually either use a ramen noodle or a soba noodle, depending on how I feel. And put some put some nori in there, some seaweed. Oh, it's good. It's a good time. That it's sounds, fun for the whole family. That sounds awesome. I, I actually I introduced my family to, like, real legitimate ramen this past yeah. week. They, oh, they really? very much enjoyed it, yeah. Yeah, real ramen's really good. Um, the only problem I get is that, like, as I get older, I realize I'm getting more sensitive to all the sodium in it. So mm-hmm. I usually get the low sodium now. But other than that, dude, like, I love a good bowl of ramen, man. Gotcha, gotcha. Oh, yeah, yeah. I guess for me, the, the sodium, it's not kicking up with me or anything. Um, it's more, I've noticed, I have less of a tolerance for spicy stuff, which is really annoying because I like spicy stuff. But now I kind of realize, like, oh... I probably shouldn't eat this really spicy thing because I'm going to be hurting for a while. Mm, definitely, definitely. Yeah, spicy stuff is... Uh, I, I love hot sauces. Mm-hmm. So, like, uh, I don't know if you're familiar with uh, the Hot Ones YouTube show. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so, like, I have all of their last dabs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, believe me, man, I, I feel you when, like, spicy stuff doesn't quite mix too well exactly it's like oh you definitely feel it so yeah <laughs> and that's a, and, it, and it used to not affect me to be honest but i've noticed in the past like year or two i'm like oh damn this sucks like i want to eat it but i also don't want to be in excruciating pain like five hours later <laughs> yeah yeah and then like especially when you get like to the really hot stuff like because like there's the, i'm sure everybody like knows like there's a difference between spicy and heat like the difference yeah. between the flavor and how hot it is mm-hmm. but like like, even, like, real spicy stuff that's not hot, like, yeah, sometimes that makes my stomach upset, too. And then, like, the really hot stuff, just, oh, man, like, that's, I, I, I eat that stuff more for, like, a gag with my friends rather than for actual serious cooking. Right, right. Uh, I, I've noticed now I really value being able to control the spice. So, for example, when I mm-hmm. went to the uh, when I went to the ramen shop last week, uh, for like a dollar more, you can make your bowl spicy, and I normally do that. But what they're starting to do now is they bring out your bowl, and then they bring out a cup of spice, and you can just add whatever you want to, and that's just like perfect solution for me. Oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah, I actually went out for Mongolian hot pot yesterday, and mm. uh, I like how they uh, take the approach for sauces where like. They have a, a sauce bar with a bunch of different ingredients, and you can mix stuff together to make, like, your own kind of uh, either sauce or paste or however you want to do it. I think that's a really cool way to do it, too. Like, it's always nice to have the options, and, like, 
it's also cool to explore like different ways of doing it. Like if you're curious about that. So like, I love it when it's not like a set thing and they give you the options like that. Like you just said. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 And again, it's one of those things I've realized, like, cause I used to just deal with the spice, whatever it is, but then sometimes you, you go to your favorite restaurant and it sucks because they won't be consistent with it. Like I, I really enjoy like going to Thai places and getting like pad Thai, whatever it is, for example. Um, but there'll be some places where you'll get some of the top plus and it's tastes like a medium and you'll go somewhere else where you'll get just a regular hot and they don't fuck around with their spice. And then sometimes you'll go to a place and um, it could be the exact same place. You get the same thing you get like out of like a hot pad Thai. And depending on the day you go, depending on the chef, depending on how the chef is feeling, it's varying levels. So that, that that's what gets a little bit frustrating as well too when kind of dealing mm-hmm. with the spice thing i think like the last time i went out for pad thai for example um i got hot which normally i could handle but about halfway through it was just it about a quarter of the way through it started getting like i was burning my mouth and then maybe like halfway through i kind of just had this lapse in logic of oh Maybe I should just eat all of this now. And I didn't. I didn't. I stopped myself. But it was getting to the point, like, the, the actual, like, hot spices were getting lodged in my gums and causing pain oh. that way. Yeah, it was gnarly, man. Oh. Yeah. Ooh, you get that time-release heat? Exactly. Yeah. And then, <laughs> and then my friend I was with, he got a medium, and he has a much lower tolerance than I do. But even he was having the same reactions I was having. He's like, dude... I don't know what's going on. Like my heat medium tastes like a hot, and from what I see, your hot is like a hot plus right now or an extreme. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Oh man. Yeah. I. I, I mean, that. I love heat, and like I like to enjoy hot foods. Like, like cult. Like you know, because a lot of cultures like they love hot food. So like I also try to eat it for that reason. Like just to kind of you know appreciate like the culturistic side of the food. But like when stuff is really hot, yeah, I. I I don't bode well too well to it, but sure, it's a sure. fun adventure sometimes. Hey, uh, Mr. Mario. Yeah. I have to use the bathroom. Can we talk oh. for a second? Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> that Sorry. coffee's going through already. Yeah, yeah. Nah, I, I've I've been sick all day too. That doesn't help. I'll be right back. All right. So with all the spice talk, I was just kind of thinking of this, but uh, one of my friends, he is um, he's a Saudi dude. I know. And for work, he had to go to India for a while. And he told me he couldn't eat, like, any of the local stuff there. Really? Yeah. Wait, why? Uh, he said because it was so hot. And, like, I, I kind of, I sometimes I interchangeably use hot and spicy, which that's kind of mm-hmm. my bad. Uh, but I asked, I was like, oh, is everything too spicy? And he's like, no, it's not spicy. I like things spiced. I enjoy spice. But everything was hot. Every single food I ate was hot. I even tried and just get a burger or something, and it's hot. Everything <laughs> was. I couldn't eat anything. That sounds like heaven. I, I, I always wanted to go to <laughs> India just to try, like, all the local foods. Because it's such an interesting palate change to know that what we know as, like, base heat is completely different there. Like, like I wonder what, um, say, like, somebody who is from India comes to the U.S., right? Like, a, a generally relatively not so, like, heat-oriented, like, base food palate. Mm-hmm. Like, what, what, like, the opposite perspective is, you know? I mean, I know a, a dude who did that. He's okay now, but uh, apparently, and I, I saw photos of him as a kid to verify this, but he said when he came over from India as a kid and started eating stuff in the U.S., he got fat. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a kid from the U.S., and I got fat, too. 
<laughs> same here, man. Same here. Damn yeah, fast food. Yeah, hey, man, that, that's what happens when McDonald's is like ingrained with us growing up and it's everywhere. Oh my God. Dude, it's so crazy how indoctrinated, like, like, uh, like not to get into like conspiracy mode unless you want to. It was a part like, of the culture. Yeah, like, when I grew up, I was like, oh, I'm going to go and have a birthday party at McDonald's. And, like, it, it, it's like they indoctrinate you at a young age, so you grow up loving them. Kind of like superheroes, you know? Mm-hmm. And, like, when you look at it as an adult, I'm just like, ugh. Like, I had McDonald's today. Ha <laughs> ha. And um, I just felt like I was dead after I ate all of it. <laughs> yeah, dude, McDonald's, like, I mean, just fuck that place fuck most fast food but i i am so happy that they were i mean they were experiencing a decline for i think they're coming back but they were running into two issues one of them was they weren't cool anymore well i guess three one of them was they weren't cool anymore so they were just kind of losing the you know cool allure they had of like oh going to mcdonald's is awesome uh the second thing was people were a lot more woke about what they were eating so like oh i kind of want to eat fast food that isn't unhealthy and it's gonna make me hungry again three hours mm-hmm. later if possible mm-hmm. the third thing was too that they're straight up losing a lot of their you know senior audience who grew up and really valued mcdonald's because they're dying because humans do that when they're mm-hmm. old mm-hmm. if you live a full life at least so yeah i know they. that's why you know they tried to <laughs> it just got dark <laughs> i'm just saying though but that's why they did all the rebranding and stuff they're all looking good but like most of the time you're gonna go to mcdonald's and i'm sure they're smooth or their, their ice cream machine is still gonna be broken at this point oh, that yeah. shit's not gonna change oh yeah and they're they're not savage on twitter and they don't have cool video game oriented uh, marketing campaigns. Exactly. Like, yo, shout out to Wendy's and Arby's, dude. Like, yes. <laughs> Wendy's on Twitter is the funniest. Uh, I almost cursed. Sorry about that. It, it's the funniest boopity scoop I've ever seen. <laughs> and like Arby's, dude. Like when they when they made a Arby's has hip- the biggest nerds. Oh my god! Them. It's like I feel like there's just awesome. some there's just like one guy like in the corner of like an office. Who just like nerds it up all day, right? And then like some senior executive just walked by, looked at him, and was like, "Wait a second, dude, you're you're now in charge of our marketing campaigns, <laughs> dude." When they made a Pumpkin Hill reference from Sonic Adventure Two, I'm like, "Are you kidding me?" They make some really? really specific stuff where I'm like, "Is this going to?" Oh, yep, it went out to the masses. It had like a hundred thousand retweets. Okay, cool. Never mind. I'm not worried. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Just like, like I'm, I'm like, this, this, like, are they infringing? Like, I, I don't know because, like, when you make a Pumpkin Hill reference, that is such a niche thing, but it's really not at the same time. Where, like, if I was Sega, I'd be like, are you trying to use our thunder? Like, is there some legal stuff there? The I thing don't is, really though, know. you also got to straight up realize that Sega, with the official Sonic the Hedgehog, I think it was the Sonic the Hedgehog YouTube account, like, they had commented on some type of Sonic mod, and they'd even joked around and jabbed at Nintendo. They're just like, oh my god, you're modding our game. You're making a fan hack. We're going to DMC it. Nah, 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 we're not going to do it. Good job, guys. <laughs> this is awesome. Yeah, I, I always loved uh, Sega's approach to, like, community management. Mm-hmm. They've always been like, and and shout out to Sega Europe. Sega Europe is uh pretty cool on uh, Twitter because they'll just like answer random fans, uh, which is pretty sweet. That's awesome. Um, yeah, dude. Like, I always love like, especially as someone who likes to mod games. Because like, I make Shenmue mods here and there, and like, a part of me gets scared that like I'm gonna get like flagged for uploading like a modified file that's technically copyrighted, but it's you know whatever. Mm-hmm. And like it makes me happy to know that like it's like Sega doesn't really seem to care. At least they haven't 
shown me that they cared yet whereas nintendo uh would just like flag you instantly although i will say in the past sega did do some some things that were a little iffy but i I think in the modern day they're a lot better now and and that's because they're definitely trying to i mean they're completely out of the console market they're really trying to push back and get in there and realize like oh hey there's shit that we have to do and kind of gain favors and all that they're not top dog by any means um but no on on top of that as well too i I think they really have to realize that the homebrew and the modding communities have really supported these games and kept the Mm -hmm. idea of them going and have introduced new fans to them so any of these games any of these franchises have actually been kept alive and been introduced to new audiences uh, partially through modding and you know game hacking so to speak yeah and like you can tell you could take for example like sonic mania for instance right like christian whitehead like he is really good at what he does and a lot of his practice was within the fan game and like modding community and like like sonic cd what was it on android i think it was that he made Like, didn't that start off as a fan project? And Sega was like, holy crap, this is amazing. And then, like, you know, span a couple years later, he makes Sonic Mania, which is, like, from what I understand, is loved by everyone, which carved an entire new sector for Sonic going forward, you know? Yeah, yeah. I I know, and Sonic Mania is the best modern Sonic game, honestly. But what I I loved about that was just... um, because, you know, as you're saying, he was he made fan games, he made ROM hacks, he was doing all that stuff. Um, but I believe he was, it wasn't Sonic Mania in its original iteration, but it was something like that, just kind of like the beginning of it all. And Sega just, I'm kind of bastardizing it here, but they kind of just came to him and said, hey, we see that you're making a Sonic fan hack game. We don't want to... We, we want to stop this project, but we don't want to take legal action. We'd actually like to know... If, let's say, we offered you a job and let you make the next Sonic game and gave you all the assets and everything that you would need to do it and a team, would you be interested? And, of course, I'm sure he said hell yes to it, so that's how Sonic Mania was born. Yeah, and that that's just a beautiful thing. Like, I, I made a tweet about this not too long ago. Um, like, I, I find that it is a amazing revelation when a game company realizes that by working with the community towards a common goal, you can do so many amazing things. And oh, yeah. Sega has proven that, like, you know, and then, like, take Shenmue, for instance. Like, the community for Shenmue, you know, like, we are a very, very vocal group. And, like, Sega embraced that instead of saying, like, hey, you know, can you please stop? They're like, you know what? You're right. <laughs> mm-hmm. Shenmue's amazing, and, you know, I, I, I don't necessarily know all of the internal stuff, but I'm guessing they're like, hey, there's a lot of people that really want this game. Maybe we should listen to them. Yeah, and then, I, you know, I, Shenmue 3 was a raging success uh, in its crowdfunding, and then I'm sure Shenmue 1 and 2 sold like hotcakes. So, it did, yes. Yeah. From what I'm seeing, it did, and, and that's the, the that's the nice thing about it too. I just had to double check the date on it, but I'm sure, like you know, it's kind of one of those things because that's been growing in popularity too. And I'm sure, you know, five years later, like five years after, you know, the first game came out, let's say they're like, okay, guys, Dreamcast kind of dead. Time to move on. Ten years later, all right, guys, it's dead. Just kind of go on. And then I'm sure it's like fifteen minutes, fifteen years later, they're kind of like, well, damn, people are still talking about this and bugging us about this 15 years later maybe we should take a better look at it Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, I remember. Um, if we're gonna go back to the uh, what I like to call the uh, the hopeful yet dark ages of the Shenmue community, because like I've been in the community since like 2001, so I've been yeah. there like the whole time, man. Uh, and I remember there was a period between like 2004 and 2010, like six, seven, eight years, however long it was, where like people were like, yeah, Shenmue is dead. Uh, Sega never talks about it. Like it, it's just done. And I mean, there was a pocket of us, myself included, that never gave up hope. Like we just tried over and over again to do like what we can to just get this game, this franchise, this property somewhere. Um, it actually survived through mods, which is kind of an interesting thing. Yeah. Um, so, but yeah, I remember the couple of times Sega did uh, mention Shenmue. Uh, one of them, I forget who it was. It was some executive, I think, of Sega of America or Sega Europe. Uh, he went on, there's a YouTube recording of it. He went on, like, some channel or podcast, and they just literally asked him, like, Shenmue 3, is it happening? And the executive's first response was, somebody told me you were going to say that. No, we have no plans. And that hurts Damn. so much, man. And that that's... Uh, it, like, the reason why I'm bringing it up is because it makes me so happy to see a difference in Sega and, like, how they treat that series now. Like, I remember Absolutely. back then, like, it was just nail in the coffin every time. And then you had, um, uh, wow, why am I forgetting his name? Um, the guy who, uh, pretty much, uh, when the Dreamcast was dying, he went from, uh, Sega to, to Microsoft. I know um, who you're talking about. I know he was. Uh, wasn't he a part of like the Sega Sports division heavily? And then I, 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 I don't. I don't have his name off the top of my head, but I, I can see second. his face right now. I'm thinking yeah. of him. I could see him. Yeah, he went over to be, I think, CEO of EA. Yes, that's it. Yeah, that's Hold probably on. why I was thinking of the sports thing. Oh, it's like bothering me now. Oh, Peter Moore. Yeah, there we yeah. go. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> oh man. So I remember. Um, I actually uploaded a recording of it to my YouTube channel where Peter Moore was talking about, and this this goes to show you um, uh, some of the uh, some of the how vocal we are as to what I was saying before. Uh, Peter Moore went on a podcast or a TV show or something I forget what it was or a radio show, and he was saying that right when Shenmue Two released on the Xbox. Um, <laughs> he was walking through an airport, right? And when he yeah. went up to TSA security, you know what they said to him? What? <laughs> They're like, we don't need to see your passport. You're the a-hole who gave Shenmue to Xbox. <laughs> <laughs> really? Yep, yep, yep. Holy that is a true shit. story. And Holy like, shit. I, I totally went off in a tangent with that story. I just really love telling it, so don't don't mind me. And, like, that just goes to show you, like, how vocal the Shenmue fans are. And, like, so, some fans can get a little toxic. I'm not going to lie. I've seen some weird stuff before. And But to just see Sega go up to us as a chaotic group and be like, hey, we're listening. Like, that, that going back to the original topic, like, that I find is a beautiful thing. Absolutely. I, yeah. I mean, we've seen, at least the past five years in gaming, we've seen a lot of the impossible. It's more like... For example, we saw, I'm going to refer to it as its original name, but like Final Fantasy Versus 13 and The Last mm -hmm. Guardian came out in the same year. We saw Shinmu 3 get announced. We oh, have the man. Shinmu 1 and 2 HD collection. These are all things that people have been waiting and waiting and waiting for and begging yep. for. Yep. And in the next couple, yeah, holy shit, in the, within the next couple months, we will have Kingdom Hearts 3. Like, yep. this is a very good time to be in gaming oh, right yeah. now. And, and even then, I'm... 
uh, not to interrupt you, but just one, one more game I want to add to that. Dude, an HD re-release of Metal Wolf Chaos? That is pretty dope. Are you kidding me? Like, that is so <laughs> awesome! <laughs> I, dude, I was just like, ah! Like, can somebody just, like, make a mod and change the president in the game and it would make so much sense? <laughs> <laughs> and I'm sure that's going to happen. I'm, oh, yeah. I have no doubt that's going to happen. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, but this this makes me happy. And even I, I was going to say, if because I know one issue that came up, which I predicted this would happen when Shinmu One and Two HD came out, a lot of people picked it up. They're like, "Damn, this game isn't nearly as cool as I thought it'd be." Or, "Oh, I, I remember this a lot more fondly." And to me, I'm more like, "Well, it's the same." I mean, there were bugs in there that had to get squashed through patches, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. But I kind of looked at it as like, "Well, guys, the." The game hasn't changed. It's been the same game since its release for the most part. Like, mm-hmm. and part of that is admirable. It's more I just like the fact that hey, you know what? Let's say you haven't played the game in ten years. You pick it up and you realize you don't like it anymore. That's fine. That's a little disappointing, but that's also kind of a personal thing as well too. Yeah. But what I love about it is this is something that people have been begging for for how many years, and it happened, and it got to that final state of release. Oh, yeah. Yep. Dude, like, it is, like, from the perspective of, like, someone who has been administrating the community for so long, like, it, the, the steps that had to happen to make that happen were insane. And, like, I'm so happy that in the end, everybody got what they wanted. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Do you know if, uh, speaking of, like, Shinmu 1-2 HD, do you know if, like, most of the pet, the issues that came up, uh, if they're patched well enough now or are there still any outlying issues that need to be fixed um because that's kind of why i held on uh, i i held off on playing it for a while because i saw there were a bunch of like legitimate bugs in this specific build of it i was like oh, mm-hmm. i'm gonna I'll, I'll wait a little bit i'll pump mm-hmm. the brakes mm-hmm. so um let's see uh i actually don't know okay however the only thing i will say is playing it on pc with the beta steam patches that seems to always be the highest build version interesting yep all right all yeah right. d uh d3t actually gave out the key uh to activate the beta steam updates in one of their one of their release notes and uh you know the those updates seem to be pretty good uh, i exclusively play on pc so gotcha. for me like as somebody who knows the games like the back of my hands like yeah i do kind of experience things here and there but since its initial release a lot has been fixed from what i can tell uh as to what's left i think the only issue that i see still and mind you these are beta updates and not the fully released updates, so they could be fixed with the fully released update version um one of the, the the only thing that i run into is that sometimes when you go to train in the parking lot in dobuita in shenmu one the cutscene where he says maybe uh you know i could train here or whatever he says uh it doesn't activate okay yeah that's the only and, one i run uh, into that's... but i've played the game so many times at this point that even when i run into bugs like like it doesn't bother me because i just like i can i know how the game operates in a perfect state so, like, I just kind of write it off as, oh, well, whatever. I mean, I've already experienced it working perfectly, so I kind of enjoy the bugs sometimes. Especially when, like, they're physics-related, and you can do funny little things with them. 
Like, I find that enjoyable, so. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. I, and I know there's some things that just can't be fixed, like, either they're a little bit endearing. Like, for example, I think one one of the best descriptions I had heard in, uh, somebody commented this on Mod Chat a few months ago, mm-hmm. was they said the, uh, the English track on there was like the JPEG of audio. Oh, <laughs> yeah, I've heard some, uh, I've heard some feedback uh, from, like, random community members here and there that it sounds like it's a little compressed yeah uh, and and i, I think that was sure. just i think that's just how it originally was because like for example uh the original metal gear solid did you know that when they did the twin snakes they had to re-record the entire thing yeah yeah and some people lost their accents yeah yeah <laughs> but they th- they had to do that because uh they ended up saying oh okay well we had to heavily compress it on playstation so now we can just uncompress those files and they got them they're like wow this sounds like absolute shit there's no possible way that we can use this we have to redo everything because they were i think they were they weren't even recording in a proper studio they were recording in a house somewhere next to a busy street when they did the game in 1997 1998 and there was some stuff they really couldn't fix up but the quality didn't have to be pristine because it was the playstation and then on top of that any imperfections in the audio kind of got muddy to the wayside because Mm -hmm. they ended up compressing it since they had to on the og playstation they ended up compressing it so when you played through the game you didn't hear like a bunch of cars driving by for example yeah a part of me kind of wants to hear that original audio though that sounds kind of funny oh that would be cool (laughs) I, i always love stuff like that like there's a notorious one for oblivion where uh, I think it's one of the Nord women. Um, I think Oblivion, I think Linda Carter did the voice for the female Nords. Uh, it's either a Nord or a High Elf, the character, but you hear the voice actress actually like mess up, and she's like, wait, 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 let me re-record that, and then redoes the line. <laughs> but they left all of that in the game. that's awesome (laughs) yeah and it's like it's like quite a specific line so like it's you know once you know the npc you could always go there and just force that line to happen but there's also Mm -hmm. a youtube recording of it i just i love stuff like that in regards to shenmue um i don't know what the official like word is as to why it sounds the way it does but there i will say there is a mod uh that people from shenmue dojo have been creating to kind of bring a crisper audio tracks to the PC version, at least. And then um, and then uh, hopefully uh, I'm going to try to port that to the PS4 once uh, custom firmware or hen hacks get high enough in the firmware version so that we can run Shenmue on those systems. So I'm Ooh, just yes. waiting for that to happen. Yes, yeah. If, if only, oh, you know, I just thought of this. It would have been so cool if um, if it was on Switch because at that point then, like, you're seeing several games on Switch that have, you know, PC counterparts. And now because the Switch is completely hacked open mm-hmm. and it has layered FS where you could essentially just slipstream whatever you want from the game. You, you just redirect it from the game itself, the game's container, into a directory that has the modified game files on your SD card, mm-hmm. that would be so much easier to do it on. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, man. that'd be pretty cool. Yeah. No, I just thought that layered FS is just, it's it's stuff we take for granted, I guess, but oh well. <laughs> yeah, I, I still haven't delved too much into Switch hacking, uh, just because I actually don't own a Switch, uh, so I haven't gotten too much in it. But it seems like, from what I gather from, like, you know, uh, 
from your your podcast as well as like kind of cruising around GBA temp and all that like it seems like it's exploded <laughs> it has it has and there's still kind of a there's a rapid progression and there's still a beautiful chaos to it and actually it, it's kind of good I, I didn't even have this on the topic list here but I kind of just like stumbled upon this and said oh th- this might be interesting to bring up here so kind of good segue into it but I, I know some of the chaotic stuff that has come about has been um I mean, just recently now, I know Smash Ultimate has leaked out, you know, like yeah, I saw two that weeks today. before Street Date. And the problem is now we have to worry about brickers. Like, you can take somebody end up writing brick code and they put it out. So that now some malicious users are taking this brick code and integrating it into either fake games or legitimate games. Mm-hmm. And you install the game, run it, bricks your switch. Yeah, and... That, that's definitely a reality, and, um, you know, I mean, that that was going on for a while. Uh, I remember back in the old DS days, a lot of the anti-piracy measurements and all that stuff. Maybe not, like, bricking, but, like, yeah, like, even back then, you had to worry about, like, downloading games and all that. I mean, at the end of the day, you are technically getting a game when you shouldn't, so, like, you know, I guess moral stuff aside, like, I, I just, I, I'm a big fan of, like know what you're downloading, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know, like, how to express my thoughts on that, but, like... Make I sure mean, you get it from a clean, trusted source. Yeah, <laughs> either dump the cart yourself so you know. Uh, I mean, unless there's anti-piracy measures that, like, maybe you don't understand how to, like, get rid of them, so you would download, like, a, you know, a scene release or something. But then make sure the scene release is from a good team. You know, read all the comments before you download something so that you can see other people and their feedback. Uh, you know, look at checksums and all that stuff like there you can be safe about it but like you know with smash ultimate like i understand a lot of people are gonna buy it like do you really need it two weeks early just wait to be safe like that's my opinion on it you know i i mean i will i will say for sure that there is it is a good feeling being able to play a game early there's been a few games i've been able to get early and it's always been awesome with that oh, yeah. i just have that allure of oh i'm playing this before anyone else um <laughs> But no, I I actually I had a brief conversation with this um with with someone online today because I showed that I was playing through uh, Pokemon Let's Go Pikachu mm-hmm. and they're just like oh man it's it's crazy that you have the willpower that you're not playing that leak and I'm like well there's a few reasons I'm not playing the leak I mean. I'm not worried about the maliciousness or anything. It's like, number one, I have a pretty big backlog of games to play through. Mm-hmm. Number two, uh, I just bought new games that I want to play right now. Mm-hmm. And three, I'm I'm really not... I mean, I enjoy Smash. I'm gaining more of an appreciation of it. But I'm not crazy about it. Like, if I was a crazy fan of Smash... I would probably be playing the leak, I would say. Um, and, and that's, and full disclosure, I mean, I did purchase it. So I have it purchased. I am going to be picking it up when it comes out. But my thing is as well, too, I'm just like, and it almost sounds contradictory because it, 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 like I just said, you know, I'd probably be playing it. But even if I had, and even now I have all the capability of doing it, but if I really wanted to, I probably still wouldn't because the allure of, free games and all that is just kind of dead on me at this point Mm -hmm. uh and also i for real like i i honestly here just do not pirate my switch games i have two switches one of them it's i i have an extensive digital and physical collection any physical cartridges i've backed up myself and then my hack switch which i use which i keep on a low firmware um i mainly just mess around with homebrew and stuff on that Mm -hmm. i Mm -hmm. even 
the games I have dumped, I don't really play them on there because I'll play them on the legitimate Switch. Yeah, I got you there. For me, um, the whole like coolness of getting games and playing them early. Like when I was a teenager, I used to find that to be like cool and maybe like my early 20s. But like as I got older, I've realized that like for the experience itself, I've always appreciated playing a game more if I spent something to get it. Like that's just how I operate. Like, um, or if like I have a physical version of it, uh, like for instance, like I collect also like collect retro games and I noticed that like, if it's a game that I went out and paid some money for rather than just like a ROM, like I just, for some reason I feel more engaged in it, I guess because maybe I feel like I need to be because like I paid into it and that, Mm -hmm. that extends to the full games as well. Um, and then there are some systems where I'll play things like digitally because like for me, when I mod a console, my ultimate goal is to have a giant hard drive with my entire collection on it so that I can preserve my actual physical copies. So I think that's when I break that rule. But when it comes to downloading games early, um, I just like I don't I don't find it like like I'm not against it at all. I think it's amazing that people can figure out how to do that kind of stuff like hacks and all that and like you know i i'm guilty as charged myself but like i just i think i'm just past that it's kind of like you know your party years like you're just past that in life like it just as it's not as alluring as it used to be right right no i get it and i think honestly the the last time i really went out of my way to download a game it was um there were two reasons i could think of like two specific games one of them my disc was just too scratch to actually rip so i'm like okay well i'll just you know find the game available to download because i can't physically rip it from here Mm -hmm. and the other one i had a sealed copy of a game and i'm just like well uh, it's not really worth breaking the seal on this so whatever i'll just find it yeah yeah i i'm the same way like um i guess we'll take uh thumper for example the physical version was released by limited run games and like i got it in the mail not too long ago right but then i also bought it digitally for ps4 when it first came out but i'm in a situation and this is one of those exceptions kind of like uh kind of like you were just saying now where uh my ps4 is modded it's running on 5.05 right but mm-hmm. I ran into a situation where somebody actually hijacked my PSN account and deactivated my console as, like, the main console. Amazing. So I cannot load any of my PSN games. So what I've been doing is replacing all of my encrypted PSN titles with decrypted PKGs of them. Just because, like, I already own them, so morally for me, like, it doesn't matter. Right. So I think that's one of the exceptions, like, like specific scenarios like that. Um, it kind of sucks, though, because, like, save files don't transfer over from encrypted to decrypted pkgs but that's a whole other story hopefully we yeah. can as a community we can maybe figure that out one day but i'm hoping so because yeah no, that that's one thing they are technically different builds of the game at that point yeah technically yeah 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 at a very technical level unfortunately but oh yeah. well <laughs> yeah i mean i could fix it like if we get to a, a custom firmware to the point where like we can get back online then i could just fix the issue but it was blocking me from playing PT, and that's not cool with me. So that's when mm-hmm. I was like, you know what? I'm just going to start doing this for all my other games, too. <laughs> so, right, right. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, as long no, as I paid for it, I'm just like, whatever. But if I didn't, and, like, I have a lot of friends in the industry now, so, like, I feel obligated to support them. So I guess that's mm-hmm. another side of it. 
that that's one thing for me that I've told several people. I'm just like, yeah, d- during my brief stint as a coder or someone who was in computer science, I definitely gained a lot more appreciation for the programs that I was using and kind of felt bad if I was like, you know, doing something evasive with the licensing and such. So now I'm just like, no, I'm, I'm, I'm buying my software and everything. And I, I'm also personally one of those people. And this is, again, you know, this is my morals on here. I'm not talking about the legal stance of it. I'm one of those people, I believe, if if you're in a point where you're wanting to use and learn a software and you're barely making any money, um, just like in general, like you can't pay for a $2,000 license, okay, whatever, sure, do what you want to on that. Mm-hmm. But let's say then, you know, a few years later, you get hired, you're in a pretty good job where you're making like $90,000 a year, something like that. Like, dude, you can pay for that license at that point. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Or just use a trial, whatever you're doing. But yeah, yeah, yeah I, I that's guess, just my personal stance. <laughs> I guess it depends on your intentions. Like, like you said, if you're just really like looking for the educational side of it, like how to learn to use a software, then yeah, by all means, I think there's an understanding between programmers where they're like, "Hey, our coding is actually pretty damn cool. Like, it, it's like cool to kind of learn about it, you know." Yeah. Um, you know, like but, how many how many talented, you know, freelance graphics artists and such learned on a limited 30-day trial of Photoshop? Most likely many of them cracked it and then after a few years of getting good and proficient and, you know, starting to make a career out of it, they end up getting, you know, Creative Cloud or some type of other paid version of it. Oh yeah. Dude, you just took me on a mental trip back down the Keygen music tracks. <laughs> Like the uh, the Team Exodus keygen for Photoshop CS1 had an amazing, or was it was it Photoshop 10 or CS1? I don't remember. Holy shit, but, that's going back longer than oh, I. The, yeah. the, the earliest Photoshop I've ever used is Photoshop C, not Photoshop, but like um Premiere CS. Oh man, I want to say. Oh dude, CS3 was my first. I think I took classes in high school on like Photoshop 8. <laughs> damn <laughs> yeah i'm an old man nah. yeah no for, for for high school with us we were on a cs3 and we had to render out all of our stuff as uncompressed avi and extract it onto network drives using computers to render them out that could not handle the shit nice <laughs> oh man yeah you you click i be I, these were the type of computers you click the premiere button and it takes five minutes to open up so like when i was going to my video productions class like i would like low-key run there and then log into my computer real quick and double click the premiere thing and then just, you know, do whatever I had to for four or five minutes. Nice. So I'm just like, yeah, no, at this point, I got like 48 minutes in class. And if five of them, like if two of them are taken up with me logging in and five of them are opening up premiere, every minute counts at this point to work on this project. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, let's be real. People only crack software just to hear the unsung heroes that are key gen music makers perfect <laughs> oh my god dude key gen music like not to go off in a tangent but key gen music is so good it is awesome like the chiptune stuff is like phenomenal oh man <laughs> i remember like i used to just uh like go on a binge of downloading team exodus key gens just mm-hmm. because like whoever's making the music for team exodus like back in the day like dude like that that guy is legendary i don't even know who he is but man just those fucking midi files oh hell yeah oh man those are the good old days midi is pretty much diet at this point like in the form of like transferring like a a midi file to actually listen to i i think the last time it was for me i was actually seeking out midi files was um was like you know 
the the dumb phone days because <laughs> you can kind of use those as a uh, as a ringtone or what have you. Yeah, back in the days of like the Crazer with like Symbian OS. Yeah, oh, yeah. dude, I'd... playing Snake on them. Whoo, <laughs> playing Doom at three even... frames a second. We didn't have the Crazer. I know in our household we had the Razer at one point. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think the Razer was the first video flip phone. I think was, was that... it. Or it was one of the original ones that, like, started doing, like... It had to be, like, 240p video or something like that. If that's at that point, I think 240p is even giving it too much credit, to yeah. be honest. Dude, like, me and my friends at, like, our local mall, we would use those phones to record, like, bootleg Mortal Kombat movie scenes. <laughs> like, we would just start fighting each other. Oh, man. Oh, I'm getting so nostalgic now. Oh, dude. That's I got awesome. I gotta go get, like, an old flip phone and just throw my Android phone out the window or something. Be like, this Re- is what I'm using. Recently, uh, I'd say within the past year or two, I ended up finding my first ever external hard drive that I got in high school that contained a bunch of my video production one and video production two videos, which are just videos, like <laughs> dumb things that I made with friends. And they were so cringy, but so endearing oh, at dude. the same time. Like we, we had one run, I guess it wasn't a meme at the time, it was more of a gag or a running joke. Uh-huh. Um, but I'll call the meme here for 2018 sake. We, we had one meme going across all of our videos were big shout out to my homie sean who he's been on the podcast he's been on the channel several times in every video we did i had to have him throwing up <laughs> like not real throw up it was fake throw up of course but like he had to be vomiting and i remember after like four or five videos of it because like my parents saw my videos too they're just like oh come on dude like is we would think you would have grown up a little bit this is this like this has to be not funny to you at this one we're like Nah, this is still pretty funny. <laughs> yeah, it's like one of those like amateur film things where it's like a contiguous universe that has like the running jokes. Exactly. Kind of like Shaun of the Dead and like Hot Fuzz and all that. Not that those are amateur <laughs> films, but they're kind of in that style where like there's those jokes that just kind of flow through all of them, even if they're not necessarily connected. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> but they're still somehow interconnected. Yeah, like one of my favorite examples, and shout out to these guys, there's a, there's a film group called Gang Entertainment. And mm-hmm. they became popular because they made uh, IRL remakes of the Shenmue games as movies. Ooh, and, that's awesome. Uh, oh, dude, you should. I, I'll, I'll send you links like after we're done. You should totally check them out. And like, please do. Yes, they, the, the only Shenmue movie I've seen was like the Shenmue movie DVD. Oh, Shenmue dude. 2. Okay. All right. All right. Can I can I vent for a second? Go ahead. Okay. That DVD is the worst representation of Shenmue One I've ever seen. It oh, is man. Okay, so yeah, tell me bad. about this. Because that was that was that was my first introduction to it. Because I thought oh. I was getting a good deal. I picked up no, I I remember I picked up Shinmu 2 brand new on the Xbox for 20 bucks nice. at my local Walmart. And I'm like, oh shit, it comes with a DVD explaining the first game. And I watched it, you know, 90 minutes over. I'm like, cool, now I know about the first game. Let's hop into the second one. Oh man! Um, shout out to Mister Three Fifty Seven. He remade that DVD like on YouTube called Shenmue. Uh, it's like the movie. The uh, it's like a fan edition, and it, it's so much better. Um, but yeah, they actually showed that DVD in theaters in Japan. I don't know if you knew that. I did not. Yeah, and I'm just like, oh man, everybody's getting a bad Shenmue One experience because like all that thing does is show you the major cutscenes and a little bit of walking in between them. But it, that's exactly what it was. Yeah, it lacks a lot of the finer details of what makes a Shenmue game a Shenmue game, and it's so unfortunate because some of those details are lost in Shenmue Two, so you just never even know about them. Right, right. Yeah. I, I, and I know several of the details would be just, you know, kind of like the dynamic waiting or whatever it is, or like, you know, you're, there, there's parts in the game, 
from what I've observed, or like you do kind of have to just do nothing and wait yep. around for something and get bored. And those were not portrayed at all in the DVDs. So I, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, it portrayed I just it, thought it too too linearly, I guess is the way to put it, definitely. I, I can see that from what I remember. I, I can totally see that. And, and the thing is with it as well, too, was at the time, I mean, I didn't even know it was shown in theaters. I thought it was just because this was around the time because if it released um, Shimutu on Xbox, that came out 2002. Yeah, somewhere around there. Yep. That was when Machinima started, like, started coming up because, you know, Red versus Blue with the original Halo on the original Xbox. I was mm-hmm. like, oh, cool. This is, like, a official Machinima from the company. <laughs> yeah, kind of. <laughs> yeah. At, at, at least for me, I had nothing else like that in my collection, so I thought that was pretty dope. Yeah. I mean, it's cool from face value that they even decided to add that as an extra to begin with, you mm-hmm. know, because, like, they could have just done nothing. But, um, yeah. you know, I mean, I, that's just, uh, I'm just being picky cause I just love the game so much. Like that, that DVD was just like a real bastardization of, uh, Shenmue one, but no, I, I mean, I, I, I totally understand. That was kind of, uh, let's see when I need to rewatch this just as a separate entity, mm-hmm. but, um, that was me like when I saw Max Payne in theaters because I love the first game and they messed up a bunch of stuff on there. And then uh, Ready Player One, I mean, love it or hate it. I personally loved the book. I've Same. read it several times. Same. Uh, dude, we, I, I watched the the film with my girlfriend. I was yelling. I was getting angry because they just they they messed up and fucked up and changed so many things. Yep. The fact that Og wasn't DJing really upset me yeah that the, um, was an amazing scene in the book like when him and it, artemis are at the club it, it was it yeah. was there was um one thing that really annoyed me was uh like no i i guess not this well i guess they end up changing you know a ton of the puzzles and everything and even just like the order of who's getting imprisoned and such and mm-hmm. what was happening that was all really annoying the one thing I'll give the movie credit for is the entire Shining scene, which was not in the book, but the entire Shining replica and scene they did was incredible. Yeah, that was pretty cool. I haven't watched The Shining in a long time, and I didn't know what to expect from that scene, so it, it creeped me out, like, not knowing, like, what was actually going to happen. So, like, I think right. it was pretty effective. I think, uh, I guess uh, one of the things that I heard a lot about people not liking as well is that they use the iron giant as like an offensive thing when like that doesn't fit that character at all. Mm-hmm. I, I remember one of my friends was like really upset about that. Um, I liked that Daito had the mortal Kombat emblem <laughs> on his outfit. I was like, <laughs> hell yeah. Uh, wait, was it Daito or Shoto? Shoto's the younger brother, right? I believe so. Yeah. So it was Daito then. Yeah. That was pretty cool um dude i walked past ernest klein in new york city without knowing who he was did i tell you that really you never told okay, me that so i i used to uh i used to work in new york city like near book off which is in like midtown by uh times square right and, and i need i need to go to a book off i, I know there's they're really not prevalent like all throughout the u.s unfortunately nah, there's only a couple but in japan they're literally everywhere um, i know so the one in new york city is okay i try not to go because i wind up spending way too much money when i go there <laughs> um mm-hmm. i literally bought their entire collection of one dollar games like i walked out with like a hundred games one day and they're just like what are you doing <laughs> uh, <laughs> what are you doing with your life i was like what I, I, now i have a hundred xbox games we're good um but uh like, okay, so weirdo. I'm, <laughs> I'm walking to book off and all of a sudden I, I see this guy walk past me and like it 
it looks exactly like Ernie Klein. And I didn't quite process it. And then my friend calls me the next day. He's like, yo, I met Ernest Klein yesterday. And I was like, wait, where? He's like, in Midtown. And I was like, I walked right past him. No. <laughs> I just, I would have shook his hand and been like, thank you. I listened to Will Wheaton talk for seven hours twice. <laughs> I only I only listened to the audiobook. That, I've never actually That was a really good audiobook. Oh yeah, dude, I love Will Wheaton. People like literally say that I look exactly like him, which is kind of funny. So like as I was like reading the book through the audiobook, I was like <laughs> doppelganger. Interesting. <laughs> I I guess I, I'm not sure if I, I haven't had a doppelganger myself personally, but uh, many people like because they will say I sound like this person or that person. Mm-hmm. The the person that if you take most of the bass out of my voice, I can totally hear it. Uh, but many people have said I sound like the English dubbed version of Light Yagami from Death Note. Ah, I've never. Wait, do you know who does his voice? I've never actually watched the English dub for that. I I don't, and see, I've only seen the English dub. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. What are your? That was. Huh. Oh, go ahead. What are your thoughts on like dubs and stuff? Since you uh, <sighs> since you brought it up. I'm not picky about them. I, yeah. I, I enjoy them for the most part because mm-hmm. I like to actually look around on the screen and see, you know, all the lovely artwork and everything that's in the anime mm-hmm. or kind of the opposite. If I have, you know, if I'm watching an anime and it's up on one monitor and I'm doing something on another, I can listen to it and, you know, pay half visual attention. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know some people just go crazy for, oh, no, you have to watch them subbed. Uh, the, the only time I watch stuff subbed is if it's exclusive to Japan or if I'm too impatient to wait for an English dub. Gotcha, gotcha. I'm, I'm not picky at all. Um, for me, it depends on the anime. Like, if it's, like, Tenchi, I'll watch it in English because sure. that's what I'm used to. Like, you know, and, like, um, I mean, Shenmue, for example, I prefer the English dub, although everybody says it's not as good. The um, JPEG of audio. Yeah, right? Uh, <laughs> for Dragon Ball, like, I'll watch the Ocean dub for the Frieza saga. Or sorry, the Saiyan Saga, and then I'll switch to Funimation afterwards, or uh, I'll watch it in Japanese. Like it doesn't matter. Um, and like I speak Japanese, so like some anime I'll just watch like the sub, like without subtitles, just because mm-hmm. the Japanese is simple enough to where like I just understand it. So it's also good practice. So like for me, like I'm not picky, but it, it does kind of depend on the anime, um, because there are some anime that are like outstanding, but the dubs are really bad. And it kind of, like, like I start laughing at it. <laughs> but then I feel like I'm disrespecting the anime. Like, I think a good example, um, some people may get upset when I say this, but Akira, like, the early dubs for Akira were really bad. Um, sure. So, like, whenever I watch Akira, I'm just like, I need to just watch this in Japanese. <laughs> and see, there, there's been a few that I've seen where it almost seems like the English voice actors need to kind of warm up and lean into the roles because there's been a few where i've seen like i've watched the whole thing in you know the subbed version and i love it and i decided to watch the english dub and the first like two or three episodes are a little bit rocky and i don't know if it's me getting used to it or what Mm -hmm. but then you know after that it's like oh it sounds like the voice actors actually got into their roles you know in in episode 12 or episode 17 what have you as opposed to being you know unattached to this character in episode one yeah i think dragon ball z is a good example of that um, because if you watch the Funimation dub, uh, from like the first season, although, uh, I, I don't know how many people, uh, caught on to this, but when Toonami was airing Dragon Ball, they actually started with the ocean dub and then switched to the Funimation dub, 
or whatever uh, the dub was called at the time, because I think it was uh, technically not Funimation, but the sub studio that's owned by Chris Sabat doing it. I forget what the uh, the name of the studio is. Uh, but like, so a lot of people like in the early days didn't hear the Funimation dub originally, like for the first couple episodes. But if you listen to the Funimation dub the whole way through on like original Dragon Ball release, like not Kai, not any type of remasters or anything like that, but the original release, you could definitely hear the characters warming up into like what we know as like the Dragon Ball Z voices. And then the ultimate example of that is when you compare Dragon Ball Z to Dragon Ball because Dragon Ball was dubbed after Dragon Ball Z. Like, right. you can hear that progression. I think another good anime, um, relatively not talked about, but Kodocha, uh, which <laughs> was a uh, Funimation-dubbed anime from, like, 2004, where, like, a lot of the Funimation actors that we know is, like, the staple of voice acting right now, um, that's when, like, they first started. <laughs> so <laughs> it's kind of funny to hear, like, them in their first couple of days, like, their first, like couple of years of being like real like serious pro like anime uh dub voice actors and but you can hear them growing over time in that anime as well which is pretty sweet sure and, and it just happens so I, i'm sure there was like a natural progression of all this of like oh we start recording episode one then episode two then you know one through 26 let's say mm-hmm. um but with that i almost question if i don't know maybe they didn't have all the time on that maybe um uh, budget constraints, what have you. Mm-hmm. But, you know, if, if you're much more comfortable with your role by episode 25, let's say, and it's just coming natural to you, mm-hmm. it, it'd be nice if they could go back and, you know, redub some of those episodes, like episodes one through four where everyone's growing into their stuff. But yeah. unfortunately, it seems like they don't. And that that could be time constraints, budget constraints, what have you. Yeah, that's definitely true. Um, like, like, for instance, like Dragon Ball Z to then Dragon Ball Z Kai is a good example of them redubbing and doing it pretty pretty damn well in my opinion mm-hmm. yeah the, the other i mean the other difficult thing with it as well too is of course you know all these are done in japanese so you know the original japanese dub is done and the animation's done for that and then at that point when it's the english dub you're having to fill the character's words in because you yeah. have to make sure the words you're saying mostly line up with you know their mouths flapping open and closed yep. So that's when, you know, people like the purists will say, oh, you're not getting the the true translation or whatever it is, because some of the stuff just can't be said in the same time frame or look proper as it's said, you know? Oh, exactly. Yeah. Um, so it's difficult. I'm friends with a couple people from Funimation. And the one thing that they always say to me, the hardest thing to deal with is what they call the flaps. Exactly what you just mm-hmm. said, like. Fitting the translation into the mouth movement is definitely really hard. Dude, I I, I got to admit this. I remember uh, when I was a kid, because I, I didn't know about this with anime, right? Like, when I was watching it, like, as a small child, like, I was, like, eight or nine, I was like, oh, yeah, this is, this is in English. So, obviously, everything's done in English, obviously, right? And I was watching a DVD I had, and I'd watched it many, many times. But one day, I decided to turn on the English subtitles, and it was pretty loyal, but about five minutes in, I noticed that a lot of the lines in English on the subtitles were not matching up with what was being said on the dub. Mm -hmm. And my ignorant small ass was just like, wait a minute, how could they fuck up the subtitles this bad? All they had to do was type in what they were saying here. (laughs) Because I thought it was the opposite as a small child. (laughs) Yeah, I was the same way. Like, before, like, the internet really opened up, 
uh, with a lot of like the international stuff we have access to now. Like, yeah, it's understandable because you see it in English. There's like a permanence to it. And then you see something else that's foreign, like your mind's just going to automatically go to like what you know is the norm, you know? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So that was kind of my own I- ignorant ass when I was a kid thinking that. And it's like, oh, no, technically the subtitles were correct. It was the dub I was listening to, which was really the improper version. Yeah. And then like, I guess the other scenario you also run into is that there are certain things within Japanese culture that get lost. Like when you go to the English dub, like... um the movie that recently came out in the past couple of years, Your Name, uh, has a... I still, I still need to see that, to be oh, honest. If that's the case, I'm not going to say the scene. Um, okay. But there is a scene where... I'll be very vague about it, where one of the characters is maybe not necessarily that character and is struggling okay. to use the correct Japanese word to describe themselves. So, like, mm-hmm. in Japanese, like, to say, like, I, and this is this is going to be, like, really, really, like, foreigner sounding. So, like, you have, like, watashi, you have boku, you have ore, right? And those sure. different ways to say, like, me or I kind of sound differently. Like one's a little more vulgar, another one's a little more, like, childish sounding. Like, and, like, there's a character who's trying to figure out the right term to call themselves. And, mm-hmm. like, you just, there's no way to do that in English, like, because we only just use I, you know? Mm-hmm. So, like, you do lose, like, little things like that. And then, like, taking Shenmue, for example, um, like, when you talk to the sailors in Shenmue 1, um, especially since the real-life area of Shenmue 1 is actually where the U.S. Navy base is, so you do have a lot of, like, English-only speaking people. In the games, Rio is speaking Japanese, everyone, but the sailors don't really know Japanese, so they're yelling, oh. like, broken English in Ryo's face, like, telling him to go away. And, like, in the English dub, they both speak English, so you don't quite get that sense, you know? Gotcha. Yeah. So there's just a lot of the meta that kind of erodes yeah. from that, unfortunately. And I've I, I've known of some examples like that. I know what you're talking about. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, like, you do kind of lose some of that in dubs. But despite that, like, I do appreciate a good anime dub, you know? absolutely yeah, especially like because you can you can feel like the heart and soul that some of these people put into this stuff you know it's like mm-hmm. think of it like a, a port of a video game you know like this game originated on the ps2 and then all of a sudden there's this xbox version like why why hate on it if it's a different system somebody put the love and care to do that and i feel dubs are the same thing someone put love and care to make this as good as they can and i appreciate it for that reason Right, and the other thing is, too, is from what I understand, anime dubs didn't really get good until, like, I I, I don't know, correct me if I'm wrong, but I, I think it's kind of regarded where Cowboy Bebop, for example, is like the first good English dub of an anime, and prior to that, they were kind of hit or miss. It's like, mm-hmm. oh, this is okay, or no, this is kind of shitty. Yeah, I, I think it boils down to preference, definitely. Like, there are some dubs that I consider to be pretty good that most people would laugh about. But, like, it just boils down to, like, you know, like, this is what I like. And then, like, it's a very subjective thing. But I think, objectively, I always do also hear as Cowboy Bebop as, like, the turning point. Right. Yeah. But, like, if we're going to go, like, you know, far back in the day, like, there there are some anime that I feel hold up kind of well. Like, I guess... um, uh let's see if we're gonna go like late 80s uh early 90s era like tech man blade 2 
has an English dub that I find relatively decent, although some people probably laugh at me for that. Um, <laughs> early 90s, Bubblegum Crisis, Tokyo 2040, I think is pretty decent. Although, <laughs> whenever I mention that, people are like, just watch the original Bubblegum Crisis. But I'm like, but I really like Tokyo 2040, even though everyone hates it. <laughs> but, you know. But yeah, I, I do hear Cowboy Bebop as like the turning point. Like Steve Blum did an amazing job as Spike in that anime. Yo, S- Steve Blum just has an amazing voice. Oh, definitely. Definitely. Yeah. And I feel like yeah. as like, you know, English dubbing became a more standardized industry, like I think Funimation did a really good job at like, you know, bringing like serious quality to uh, to dubs for anime. And now it's kind of a staple. Like when you look at like, you know, My Hero Academia like you know like we we've reached a point where like a dub sounds you know roughly just as good as the original well especially now i think they're they're really trying to capitalize that on that as well because in the past few years with services such as crunchyroll where they started doing simulcasting and now they're even for some really big shows they're doing simul dubbing simulcasting Mm -hmm. so at the same time japan gets their copy of the show we get a english dubbed copy of the show Mm -hmm. although i feel like that might go away because i think crunchyroll and funimation killed their agreements recently which is why vrv is closing as a service if mm-hmm. i remember correctly so i i hope oh, it, i don't i don't use verve but it's it's just completely closing all of it from what i understand i uh i remember seeing a news article um now i i didn't Damn. research this but i uh i think that they're closing verve as a service because of the agreements between crunchyroll and funimation like coming to a close but i hope Damn. that doesn't because affect... i know there's a lot of other stuff on verve oh yeah i hope that doesn't affect the idea of like Sony dubs and things like that because i think it's pretty cool i I think the thing is as well, too, it's kind of now the Netflix issue where, you know, Crunchyroll was just Netflix for anime and everything was getting thrown on there. And then Funimation stuff was on there. And now Funimation's like, wait a minute, we're kind of like the kings of anime. And what are you, Crunchyroll? You're not a producer. You're just a service. We can make our own service. So to me right now, this sounds like the same thing as Netflix versus Disney, where Netflix is having Disney movies. And now Disney's kind of like, hey we can just make our own Disney-based streaming service for our own content. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. I, I think people are going to oversaturate the market eventually with all these different streaming services, though. As you have, like, Amazon Prime Video, you have Hulu, you have Netflix, like, all these different services. Hopefully one day we can just, like, unite them under one big, just, like, video service. <laughs> it, it, I, how funny would it be if it all just swung back to physical <laughs> DVD rentals again? <laughs> That would be awesome, and I would, and I kind of, dude, I, I've been so disappointed because there's been, uh, recently, there's been some local game stores that I enjoy, and all of a sudden, they just disappear, yep. they're just closed, and it'd be lovely to see some of those brick-and-mortar stores again, but I understand everything's going digital. Yeah. I, I did actually see one interesting article on that, though, with the issue of, you know, because it, it was just known for a while, hey, you get Netflix, you're good. You got, like, 90% of the content you need. Mm-hmm. So, when there was only a few providers that were pretty fairly priced piracy massively went down and now piracy is starting to creep back up again because all of these all all these different providers are trying to get their own cut of the pie by carving their content out of netflix and crunchyroll here for example and then start up their own services and people are just like hey i'm cool with paying for one or two services but i'm not paying for six different services to get all the content i want yeah definitely the oversaturation starts to actually hurt the uh the industry itself so exactly yeah, so so now 
a, a lot of people now they're starting to either cancel their services or they're saying like, hey, you know what? I'll keep my Hulu, I'll keep my Netflix, and I'm going to pirate everything else that I don't see on here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I personally usually just keep, like, Netflix uh, and just YouTube, like, whatever I can. Like, just, just trying to see if somebody might have uploaded something they shouldn't. <laughs> 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 Being like, hmm. But then you run into a lot of videos that are, like, an hour long of, like, one photo saying, sign up for this website. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> Um, for for me, the, the services I'm on, I, I still keep my Netflix because, I mean, I like the originals and stuff on there. I know that's really where they're branching off to, so they don't mind that they've been having a lot of their additional stuff carved out because now they're really trying to focus on originals, which I've enjoyed for the most part because mm-hmm. they're throwing around that Netflix money to all these producers and such. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had Hulu. I canceled it because I, I used it, and then I kind of stopped using it, and I actually reestablished it because they just did a deal on uh, – this is one of the – it's going to be too late by the time this goes out. Um, but for Black Friday, Cyber Monday, they did a thing where for 12 months you get Hulu with ads for a dollar a month. Oh, that's really good. Yeah. I mean that's an anomaly right yeah. there, but that's why I got it. Um, Hulu always had a really then, good anime selection. I remember that. They do. Mm-hmm. They do. The other two things I do, I have um, YouTube Premium, and that was, I kind of used a free trial a few years ago, and it was totally worth it, because I I don't have cable, I don't watch TV, I don't, cha- my, my channel surfing on TV has been replaced with YouTube channel surfing, so I consume YouTube like I would have consumed network TV 15 years ago, Um and then, you know, I do all my st- music streaming through that because it's bundled in. Not not through YouTube, but through Google Play as, as long as that lives. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the last thing technically I would have would be Amazon. And I don't count that as much because occasionally, occasionally I'll use Amazon Video. But I buy Amazon Prime because of the original Prime stuff. And it, it wasn't even until like a year or two after I had Prime where I was like, oh, holy shit, I have Amazon Video and Amazon Music and all this. I didn't know I had this. Yeah. Dude, I had Amazon Prime in two different countries. I had a Canadian account and a U.S. account, and I never, ever watched a Prime video ever until, like, my friend released his movie on Amazon Prime. I've, I mm-hmm. didn't even realize that. I had it for years, and I was like, oh, it's more than just free shipping. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've been uh, – what was I watching? I've been watching Curb Your Enthusiasm on there. Okay. I, I've never heard yeah, of it. Yeah, because I've – oh, it's uh, – I'm sure you've recognized the memes. Um, and if I if I play you like the theme song, I'm sure you'll recognize oh, maybe, it. But yeah. it's it is it is great. I'm only about like three seasons in, but it's just it's about Larry David, who is the uh, w- one of the creators behind Seinfeld, yeah. and it's just him living a very exaggerated version of his life. And in short, he gets into horrible situations, which are his own fault, and he knows horrible people. Oh, nice. Does he actually play himself, like, as a character? Yes. Oh, that's pretty funny. Most of the characters play themselves. Yeah, so it's Larry David as Larry David. Oh, that's pretty awesome. <laughs> uh, that, that reminds me of this one Japanese TV show uh, that's about the formation of Gynex, the uh, company that made, like, Gurren Lagann and FLCL, where, like, there's actors that play the actual executives that created Gynex, but the actual executives of Gynex show up as cameo characters. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. I always love it when people do that kind of thing. That's so cool. I l- I love that meta shit. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, the um the most recent TV show or not not TV show, sorry, the most recent like show I watched, uh, I watched one episode of Black Mirror on um on Netflix. Which 
Which was it? The first one? No. Okay. So, because um, I was gonna say, I, I started with the with the first episode. Okay. That shit's disturbing. Yeah. So the rest of them I was watching were great. But. So I only watched one episode. Right. It was out of a recommendation from a good friend of mine, and she told me to watch the episode White Christmas. So I did. Okay. That do you know that episode? I think it's like season one or two. Uh. Uh, it's, it's still if it was season one i would have watched it. okay so it's an episode where they use ai for police interrogation does that sound familiar i have not seen that okay one. so i'm, I'm no. not going to spoil it then because it's actually a pretty good like you know um a pretty good uh mind effery if you will um so yeah slight spoiler here i guess but a uh, very very first season one episode no, one no, of black no, no, mirror no, don't, no i don't i'm actually oh, gonna okay. i'm probably gonna watch it maybe tonight right. or tomorrow all right, I'll just I'll just say I still recommend Black Mare, but my god, that first episode, if you if you go in there and you're just like, "Holy shit, is this what the entire show is about?" It's pretty disturbing. My um that cuz I I saw it. I dude, I was genuinely thinking about it for days. Dude, my it was one of those uh, it's like this is fucking disturbing, man. My friend, um shout out to her. She literally told me, "Do not watch the first episode first because of that exact reason." She had me watch yeah. White Christmas because she said that it's such a mind game and that represents the show a lot better. Mhm. Yeah. My my perception of it is and I've only seen season 1, mind you, but uh, the thing I like to tell people with my experience is I feel like it's like adult goosebumps. It's something that is really terrifying but portray and it's fictional. But it's portrayed in a, hey, if this situation happened, this would be pretty realistic type of form. Oh, dude. That, that's actually a really good way to put that. Adult goosebumps? I didn't even think of that. Yeah. That, that is an amazing <laughs> way to put it. Uh, I'll eventually watch all of it. And then I've been itching to finish uh, Mr. Robot because it's going to close next season. I need to finish that as yeah, well. Yeah. And like, like you're also kind of an IT guy, right? Yeah, like, just a bit. I feel like that show is kind of realistic. Maybe a little Hollywood hacking here and there, but some of it is like pretty close to, to realistic. Especially when they start getting into like network stuff, I thought that was pretty cool and like social engineering and all that. So I've always appreciated that show. Dude, I I have a friend and coworker who uh, one time we had to travel and we were at a hotel yeah. and he just started watching Mr. Robot because he had his laptop and he said five minutes in the first episode he turned off his laptop and he was like this this is not justified I have to do this another way. So, in order to watch Mr. Robot, he ended up booting up into Tails OS using, and, and it was installed onto a secondary, like, temporary drive that he had kind of finagled and hacked up into his computer, and it was physically there just to do any type of questionable stuff. Mm -hmm. And then when he was in there, he ended up signing into a VPN and then watched Mr. Robot that way. Because he was like, yeah, I, I feel like to watch this, this show and truly enjoy it, I have to do some kind of hacky, trickery, <laughs> sneaky things to watch this show. Dude, just like solder an RS-232 port to a Furby and install Linux on the Furby and then watch it through that. <laughs> <laughs> or um, That'd be amazing. Or like hack linux onto like your fridge <laughs> and and like use the screen as like a video monitor and just watch it on your oh, fridge man. or uh, that'd be perfect what's another good one uh watch mr robot on the uh the light bar on an apple macbook <laughs> i don't know like something really dumb like that oh man like just just do it because you can yeah dude like you gotta appreciate some of the lengths that uh linux developers go to what what okay just a side question what's the weirdest thing you ever installed linux on 
honestly just like a shitty laptop. Nice. I, I'm I'm boring. <laughs> I um I tried to do um I I looked into the possibility of maybe running a Linux kernel on like a Keurig machine. But Ooh. I couldn't figure it out. But uh the the weirdest Linux probably uh I mean any game console that I mod, I tried to download like whatever Linux was ported to it. Uh, sure. Like uh, you know, summoning our Xbox powers, running like Zebian or something like that. Um, <laughs> I think running running Linux on an iPod video was pretty cool. Yeah, I remember iPod Linux was the thing. Yeah, and then like Rockbox and like all the the Doom port. I had I actually installed Rockbox. I do remember yeah, that. Yeah, Rockbox was pretty cool. Um, yeah. But yeah, going back to like tv shows and all that like the other thing i really appreciate about mr robot and like not to get into too much tmi but i have a family member that deals with some of the same issues that he does um Mm -hmm. the main character and i feel that that show does a pretty decent representation of like those type of mental illnesses so i've always appreciated it for that because i feel like a lot of things like schizophrenia and stuff like that is not very well understood by the mass public and I feel mm-hmm. like Mr. Robot does a really good job at, like, describing hallucinations and things like that. And I, I fucking love it when TV shows do stuff like that. Exactly. Um, like, there is, I I would just say this about it, I won't spoil it any further, but, like, there is a episode of BoJack Horseman where it is essentially a schizophrenic or, uh, simulation. Yeah. And it is incredible to watch. Yeah, and, like, I, as somebody who, like, really likes to advocate for, like, mental health awareness, like, I... I I take that like very personally and like that makes me happy to see somebody actually try to represent something not in a Hollywood aspect but like in like a real life like this is how it could be kind of thing you know right yeah. right. like the difference between Hollywood hacking in like CSI compared to actual like real like hacking you know but on like the mental health scale I think that's pretty cool so I always appreciated Mr. Robot for that reason absolutely yeah man yeah now, I kind of actually want to wind this down here, but there is one topic, I guess kind of like the last topic that I normally try and cover in every episode, whether I have a guest or not. But James, what games are you currently playing? Oh, man. So, okay. So I have a small problem, right? I, I don't play anything new because I don't, oh, I don't have an Xbox One and my PS4 is modded on 505, so I can't really play like the newest releases. Mm-hmm. Um, and then like, PC, like, I I tend to play games on it here and there, but I haven't been playing anything new, although I did play Soul Calibur 6 for, like, five minutes. But, dude, I have been binging Morrowind, like, no tomorrow again. Oh, my God. I played Morrowind for, like, 800 hours during, like, high school. Jesus Christ. Yeah. and I'm talking, like, the Xbox version of Morrowind. Not even the Game of the Year edition. I'm talking, like, like original release and the Game of the Year edition. I went back. I popped in Game of the Year Xbox Morrowind, and I'm already, like, 40 hours into it. <laughs> so, Dude, it, I gotta tell you, I got some games like that, but I never vibed with Morrowind for whatever reason. It never clicked with me. Yeah, I mean, it it, it did definitely did not age well. The vanilla Morrowind, the modding communities have done an amazing job keeping that game like, you know, like up to speed. But mm-hmm. for me, it's definitely nostalgia. But the thing that I like about it is that it has like an Elder Scrolls feel, but it's so basic compared to like Skyrim that it just feels more free i guess like if that makes any sense like 
I guess an example is like when you steal items, items don't get marked as stolen or not stolen like they do in Oblivion and Skyrim. So like, right. it's just like you can do more with less kind of thing. And like Morrowind doesn't hold your hand like Skyrim does. Like there's no map markers or anything like that. Like characters will actually describe to you like how to get somewhere. Like walk down this sidewalk, make a left at the river and you're there, right? And you can get lost if you don't follow those directions. And like I find that to be much more gripping for me at least because, you know, like it, it, it sucks me into the world a bit more. And I've always appreciated Morrowind for that reason. Right on. Yeah, yeah my, uh, I, I think, you know, speaking of Elder Scrolls games, I actually tried out Oblivion again, and I also think I just need to jump back into it, because I played it for about 30 minutes, and I got out of the, the sewers and all that, but I'm like, oh man, this game is a lot clunkier than I remember. But see, I remember I absolutely loved Oblivion to the point where when I got into it, when it clicked with me, I put 60 hours on it within, I think, a week. Yeah, Oblivion was pretty I cool. Was yeah, it was it was dope. It was awesome. I absolutely loved it. Yeah. Um, but no, I think I think I really just need to kind of like push through that a little because I remember for Oblivion, I didn't think the game was that good when I first played it either. Like Morrowind, I've tried so many times and I haven't gotten into it. But Oblivion, it was specifically after I destroyed the first Oblivion gate, I was hooked. Yeah, yeah. But up until then, I was like, man, I don't. I what? What is? Why are people playing this game all the time? This game kind of sucks. Dude, I uh, <laughs> I was so into Morrowind before Oblivion came out that when Oblivion came out, I literally didn't go to high school for two weeks. I didn't tell anybody. Oh my god. I didn't tell anyone. Um. I maybe have tried to change their database to say I was at school when I wasn't, but I'm not going to get into detail on that. Uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but man, dude, I told my friends, I was like, listen, when Oblivion comes out, don't even expect to see me. I'm just going to be gone. <laughs> and it was true. I left for like two weeks. I was like, all right, <laughs> here we are. But then I, I think in the in hindsight, I enjoyed Morrowind a lot more. Skyrim was good, but like I said, like I don't know. I'm not a big fan of like, Instead of describing to you where to go, I'm just going to put a marker on your map and just go straight there. Like, to me, that's boring. Sure, yeah. sure. I hope in Elder Scrolls like 6, they find, like, a good, like, midpoint balance for that. I feel like it's almost kind of your first Elder Scrolls as well, too. You you look fa- the most fondly on. Because, like, my first one was technically Morrowind. And, again, because I never got into it, I didn't like it. So, like, my first one I really enjoyed was Oblivion. Yeah. And even so, like, when I gained the appreciation for Oblivion, I said, okay, you know what, let me try... Uh, let me try Morrowind again. Tried it a few mm-hmm. more times. Wasn't digging it. Mm-hmm. And then Skyrim, I've played a good amount of, and I'm like, oh, this is enjoyable. But I don't know. It's just it's not it's not Oblivion. Yeah, my my first Elder Scrolls technically was Daggerfall, um, mm-hmm. but the first one I really got into was Morrowind because like Daggerfall, I had a friend uh, that I, what what operating system was it? Maybe was it Daggerfall? Was was it DOS? I don't remember. I think so. Or was it 98? I think it was DOS. So I had a friend that would just, like, have it. So I would go to his house and play with it. And I was like, yo, this is this is awesome. Because I didn't have a computer at the time. So, like, I was sure. just used to playing, like, my Super Nintendo. And, like, seeing, like, this open world, I'm like, yo, this is crazy. Uh, and then, like, when I finally had the means to play a game like that myself was when I got Morrowind for the Xbox. And, man. Whew. Like... <laughs> dude like even my parents didn't see me they're just like where's our child and i'm just like i'm in Vanderfell right now i'll see y'all later <laughs> that's amazing yeah I, I would not have been able to get away with that fortunately i guess because you know education but still yeah. yeah yeah i don't know high school was just kind of like 
I knew what I wanted to do, so I didn't really care about mm-hmm. school. Like I, re- I was already like pretty much into my career for computers at that time. So like I was just like whatever. Uh, I was like that angsty teenager that just like enjoyed cracking code pretty much. I understand, yeah, man. The good old days. Yeah. What what are what are you <laughs> playing right now? Oh, let's see. Uh, there's been there's been a few games I've finished here, but but the two I want to talk about, which I, I'll say, like the one I'm currently playing, like literally I was playing it right before we talked. Um, Pokemon Let's Go Pikachu. Nice. And I've been enjoying it, like. I'm one of those people, I'm just like, dude, I don't care if there's not that much of a story. I don't care if it's that deep. Like, this is the game I want to play. I want to play something that is slightly challenging at times that I could just kind of essentially turn my brain down to about 40% mm-hmm. and play through this game and enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Um, I could just, you know, play this and have something running in the background, mind you. So to me, right now, at this point in my gaming time, what I've been looking for it's the perfect game for me. Um, one of the games I just finished, though, which was fantastic, and I think it was, let me see, it was last month, technically, I picked this up. It was last month. Um, but I ended up uh, finishing A Way Out with my girlfriend. And my girlfriend is not a, she plays, like, mobile games, but that's about it. So she's now, after dating me for so long, more coming around to video games here and there. And we've done the things where we've, uh, like, one of our favorites is kind of like playing any type of movie-based, like, movie-type game, like, similar to the Telltale games or, like, the David Cage um, Quantic Dream mm-hmm, games, mm-hmm. where essentially I play through it and either we make choices together or she makes yeah. the choices. And that's definitely a so, good, like, starter kind of, like, game genre to go into, definitely. That's been real cool, yeah. Uh, we did technically play through Beyond Two Souls together because, oh. like, she had the, the smartphone app for it, which sounds cool on paper, but there are literally parts of that game if you're playing with a controller and a smartphone is playing through, a- like, is playing as Aiden because you could use a smartphone as the ghost. Oh, I didn't know There's that. There's literally parts. Yes, you can Dude, do it. I love that I, game. I, I played through that almost in one sitting. It's awesome. Yeah. The problem is though with the smartphone one because you you can you can play as Aiden with a controller, but if you do through the smartphone app, you cannot finish the game from start to finish. Oh, really? With uh, with only because there's some parts where it's just impossible. It just bugs out. Wait, so d- is and, the smartphone app its own game, or is it in tangent with like the PS? Uh, game? no, it's a, it's a smart. You you download the app and then it connects to your. In this case, it connects to your PS4 with a open session available for Beyond Two Souls, and it's essentially your controller. Oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah, I'd encourage you to try it, but again, we we went through it start to finish, and there were several times where I had to back out of the game, go into single player, beat this chapter by myself, back out of the game, have her join in again, and then play through it. Okay, yeah, I mean, I don't know if I'd ever go back to it, because, like, that game for me, like, I beat it once and then kind of YouTube some of the alternate scenarios. But, sure. But uh, I, I do want to play uh, the, um, what's the newer one called with the, the AI robots? Oh, uh, Detroit. Yeah, Detroit. That was fantastic. We played through that when it came out. Oh, dude, nice. Yeah, um, but yeah, no, so A Way Out is, like, technically her first game that she has started and finished. Like, she was using a controller and everything, and it was really awesome experience. Dude, that's pretty cool. I've never played A Way Out. What kind of a game is it? 
Uh, it is essentially like a third-person adventure type game. It is you and someone else, and you two are bad guys in prison, and through whichever ways, you end up becoming partners, and you are breaking out of prison together. Oh, that's pretty awesome. Yeah, it was cool, and it's like, if, you, if you're if you with a partner who knows what they're doing, you can beat the game in like five hours or so. Mm-hmm. I think it took us maybe six or seven, because... There were a few times where, like, during... Because near the end, it really ramps up in combat. So during, like, the combat-heavy scenes, she kind of hung back while I was shooting everything. And then the worst was honestly near the end. You have to do a lot of driving, and her character was driving, and she could not drive. <laughs> so it took us, like, 30 minutes to get through a scene that should have taken maybe a minute and a half. Yeah, yeah. I mean, driving in video games is tough to begin with, especially, like... When you're just starting to play video games, I could see that being, like, kind of a hard thing to do. Absolutely, like, yeah. And she's, uh, to, to, to describe it to people, she's the kind of person where, because, like, the control, like, actually controlling a proper game is new to her. And controllers aren't the most, they aren't the most straightforward things either, I would say. If you're just, let's say you purge any memory of video games out of your head, they're not the easiest things to control. Like, a a keyboard and mouse would be much easier to adapt to for a first-time user. So, when it comes down to it, like, for example, she can't move the camera and move her character at the same time. You know, that's interesting that you bring that up because I feel like a lot of things that, uh, like, we know a lot about video games, but I think, like, as people who have been playing them for so long... Like, I find it interesting to remember that when people design controllers for game systems, they do technically have to design them for people that never played video games before because they're trying to bring in a new audience. And, like, it just brings an interesting dynamic and just shows, like, how tough it is to design some of that hardware. Yeah. Yeah. And I know one thing that was cool was like with uh, with Pokemon Let's Go when we had uh, when we played the demo version at a Nintendo event, uh, there was the uh, Pokeball Plus, and she had used it, and you know the Nintendo rep taught her how to play, and it was easy enough because it's literally a ball you hold in your hand, you move the stick in whichever direction you want to go to, and there's two buttons on it. That's it. So they oversimplified it, and it worked well enough. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's kind of so that's that's like a really good starter that's one. that's also kind of a, a nice throwback to a lot of like the old video game peripherals that we don't see anymore like i miss having a fishing rod controller <laughs> 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 like i remember having a ps1 fishing rod i, I missed that thing that thing was cool oh man or like playing i remember uh i think a couple of years ago i think it was thanksgiving actually uh she was hanging out with us a couple of years ago for thanksgiving and it was her myself and my two brothers and we were all taking turns playing goldeneye on the n64 mm-hmm. and we were all equally horrible at it <laughs> There was none of us were more skilled than the other because for me, I had to go back to that janky ass control system for 007 Goldeneye. Mm -hmm. For her, again, she really wasn't a gamer. And for my two brothers, they didn't grow up with it at all. They, They grew up with refined controllers and full menus and OSs in their game systems yeah i feel you my uh, my little cousins right same generation as me and my family but they're much younger they didn't know what an n64 was oh man that's that's yeah sad. like i'll never forget like they're playing call of duty right and i was like oh yeah i remember playing um i forget what shooter i mentioned it might have been like perfect dark or something and they're like oh what's sure. that for i was like for n64 and they're like what's an n64 and like i my heart dropped i was like wait wow it's really been that long like the younger generation just might not know about it 
you know? Yeah, I know uh, which one was it. Um, no, I, I'll tell you, dude, I, I'll tell you the same story. Uh, when there was one episode, we actually had uh, uh, the person we mutually know, uh, Adam Core, like I had him on Mod Chat, and I told him this story, and at the end he said, that story depressed me. <laughs> and I'll tell you on here, and then I, I feel like we can outro at that point. <laughs> but... Um, I gave my brothers, this is several years ago, my original PlayStation. It was chipped and, uh, like, mod chip. Mm-hmm. And uh, I gave them Final Fantasy VII and a few other games that I had. Uh, but what happened is one of them was, re- he was really wanting to get into Final Fantasy VII. He was wanting to play it. He didn't have a system to play it on. But I had to explain it to them. So I showed them the system. I'm like, okay, guys, so this is what you do. These are the CDs. You put them in here. You got to hook this up. Now, first of all, it's going to look bad. And they're like, oh, oh, we understand. I'm like, no, 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 no. This is composite video. It's not that the graphics are going to look bad. It's that you're going to hook this up to your modern LCD TV, and it's going to look disgusting. All right? (laughs) There's nothing you could do about it for the most part. You're going to have to work through it. And they agreed to it. And I explained how memory cards worked and all that as well, too. So I test this. I made sure it worked. All was good to go. Like a week later... My dad calls me up and he's like, Daddy, the PlayStation's not working. And I just immediately freak out like, wait, what? No, 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 no. That thing cannot be broken. And I was like, tell me what happened. And they're like, oh, well, it's not working. I was like, no, tell me what's not working. And they said, well, we put in the game and it's not loading anything. I'm just like, wait, did you turn on the system and then you put in the game? Yes. Restart the console. And sure enough, they restarted the console and the game bo- the game booted up just fine. And I told him, I was like, guys, this is not like any of your smart devices or the Xbox or the Wii or anything else. This is a very dumb device right here. You really don't have that much of a menu. You can't pick to load up your game. You have to turn off the system, put in your game, close it, and then turn it on. Yeah, man. I, I miss the old <laughs> simple days, dude. Like, I turn on my NES... And if it's blinking colors on the screen, I know that the uh, the ten nest chip is acting up. Take the card out, blow it out, put it back in. We good to go, <laughs> you know. <laughs> or or do it the right way and get you know some sort of like alcohol or some bright boy solution. Clean the pins on the cart. That's actually a good point. I've been cleaning up a Nintendo recently by uh, I've been boiling the pin connector, and I'm still having some issues loading some games. I think I just need to disable the Tinez chip on. Yeah, the it's system. really easy to do. You just pull out one of the prongs, one of the one of the y- things. Yeah, I, yeah. I I saw a horrible video where somebody ended up like carving it out essentially with a screwdriver. I'm like, no, 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 no. I'm just going to take a soldering iron to it and lift the leg like oh, you should. I, I snapped it with like a knife or something. <laughs> <laughs> i'm just like lol i wound up scratching the hell out of my table though because that pcb is pretty sharp so yep. i scratched up my glass table at the time but other than that it worked <laughs> i could play my tension games with yep. no problem perfect yeah man <laughs> oh man well this has absolutely gone on longer than i was anticipating <laughs> and that's why i've kind of like dude we can keep talking after this but i just kind of want to you know close up shop here for the episode so james thank you so much for coming on it has been a absolute blast and a pleasure having you on here i hope people thoroughly enjoyed you as a guest <laughs> and for anybody who wants to find out more about you they want to follow you they want to see some of your content i guess where can people find you online? sure so i'm primarily social media wise you can find me on uh twitter at shengoro86 s-h-e-n-g-o-r-o-8-6 the same name on instagram 
Uh, I do have a YouTube channel that goes by my legal name, James Reiner. And then uh, if you just cruise around any of the Shenmue communities, you'll find me posting around here and there. Uh, my YouTube channel is primarily Shenmue content, but I do do general gaming stuff. I do dive into the console hacking realm here and there. Um, and then my Instagram is just like kind of just daily life dumb photos that I think are cool looking when I upload them. But I realize <laughs> that I'm just like, oh, no, I can't take that back now. And then on Twitter, I'm just a vocal idiot. <laughs> Look, okay, that's what Twitter. Yeah, for. right. I just like, I just like, whatever I'm thinking. I'm just like, well, this is good enough. And then I post, and I'm like, wait a second. Wait, no. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> well, all right, whatever. Here it is. <laughs> Here I am, guys. <laughs> yeah, that's about it. Um, other than that, um, I upload videos on YouTube like once in a while. I don't really have much of an upload schedule. I just do it for fun. But you know, I totally understand yeah. that. Yeah, respect. Yeah, man. That's about it. That's where you can find me. Perfect, perfect. So any of those links that you're wanting to promote, I'll put down below in the description on YouTube here. So uh, if you are on YouTube watching this, listening to this, thank you very much for coming to the end, watching specifically. If you're listening to it on an app, thank you so much. If you want to find me, I am Mr. Mario 2011 on pretty much anything, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, what have you, uh, available on there. Uh, this podcast in audio form, as I've said, is available on most major podcasting platforms and apps and then the video form where i check the comments interact and everything is on my youtube channel uh now one thing that i want to do and i made a note of this because i want to make sure that uh <laughs> that i say it here but james what should we pick as a keyword so this will be a word that we can pick and if we see people using this word in the comments on the youtube video we'll know that we made they made it until the end okay so I don't have one off the top of my head, but if I'm going to choose the first word that comes to my mind, it's going to be uh, sausage. Sausage? Yeah. All right, perfect. I don't know. <laughs> I was thinking about breakfast just now because I'm like, I okay. had some coffee before we started the the, uh, the podcast here, and I was like, mm, I'm craving some breakfast sausage right now. And then, haha, sausage. <laughs> perfect all right so if if we if we see you use keyword sausage in any of your comments what type of breakfast sausages do you like do you believe that your alto ego is a sausage do you just want to type in sausage if you use that word we will know that you made it until the end of the podcast here on youtube so thank you very much for that anyways this is mr mario signing off thank you all for watching and listening everyone and until next month bye everyone